Hello, and welcome to the Holmes Movies Podcast. My name is Anders Holmes, and I am an aspiring filmmaker living in Copenhagen, Denmark. In between making short films and writing screenplays that will never see the light of day and unsuccessfully looking for jobs, I do this podcast. Each episode, we discuss one particular film. This week, I am joined by my brother, Adam. Hello. Adam, how are you? I'm good, thank you. I've uh, kicked the heroin, finally, so that's nice. Oh, that's good to hear. So, um, how was uh, your little conference call? Because you were away for a good three hours. Uh, yeah, no, I sat there and uh, they never rang. Um, so I played FIFA on my iPad and then I had a poo and uh, they still didn't ring. Um, so I thought, fuck it, uh, let's do a podcast instead. You could have at least, if you know, if you, were, if you actually did get the conference call, you could have just played FIFA while the phone was on speaker. Well, I was planning to do that anyway. But basically, I think, I think the meeting was cancelled. I don't think it was anything personal. It better not be. <laughs> Otherwise... You know, I don't know if I can handle it, to be honest with you. Um, <laughs> they forgot about me. I'm sure they haven't. <laughs> so, um, and what is your job, if you would like to tell the listeners? Um, I won't go into detail, but I will say I work for an absolutely fantastic charity at the moment called uh, the National Literacy Trust. So if you're in the UK, check them out, donate, uh, join in with their events when they run throughout the country. Wonderful charity, the National Literacy Trust. Well, the film we're going to talk about today is another uh, favourite of ours, is the uh, classic, well, cult classic, uh, stoner comedy, The Big Lebowski. The Big Lebowski. Directed by and, and written by... So you're Lebowski. Maltz told me a lot about you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, written and directed by... Joel and Ethan Cohen. Yes, and if you didn't I'm, know that... <laughs> I'm sure a lot of people have seen The Big Lebowski. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um... Well, I mean, uh, where to start? Where is it? Stoner comedy. Interesting. Uh, I, I don't know. Maybe not a stoner. Well, one of them is a stoner. But I mean, movie. isn't everything a stoner comedy? Because if you're stoned, everything is funny. Cheek and Chong is stoner comedy. Yeah, but that's shit as well. I don't think we should put this in the same bracket. Don't you? Does it need classification? Do we even need to dis- explain the plot? Because I don't think we do. I think it's it doesn't really have one does it well to be fair it, it, I mean it kind of has a plot sort of it has a it has a sort of motivation at the beginning but then it kind of veers off into crazy different tangents if you think if you, if you think about it like that yeah well I mean to sort of describe the plot the main character is the dude played by Jeff Bridges mm-hmm. uh, great great actor yes agreed and uh, he, at the beginning of the film, falls into a course of mistaken identity when two people come to his house asking for money and say that his name is Jeffrey Lebowski, which is actually his real name, but they mis- But everyone calls him the dude. Everyone calls him the dude, but he mistake- they mistake him for the real Jeff- Jeffrey Lebowski, who is uh, a millionaire who, uh, who's Who's white. played by that wonderful actor. David Huddleston. David Huddleston. He's who I always confuse with Charles Durning from... Overall, they look the same. Who's Charles? De- oh, does Charles Denning play the old Papio, politician? Papio, Papio oh God, they do look similar, don't they? So, um, I guess, like in sort of like some of the inspirations for the film, it's inspired loosely by Raymond Chandler's. Uh, well, that's the thing, isn't it? The yeah. plot basically is like it's like an in a weird surrealistic inversion of the classic private eye plot. You know, this happy-go-lucky guy is drawn into a world that's completely insane. And yet, you get the sense in this film that he is drawn... But it's depending on how you read that world. He comes at it from... He's incredibly convinced by the whole thing. Mm. And yet, because it's all set up in this particular way... Uh, he takes it very seriously, but no one around him really does. Yeah. Uh, Walter, for example, 
uh, thinks the whole thing is a bit. It, it go, Walter kind of veers between taking it all very seriously and then not giving a shit. Um, well, but I think I think we should talk about what's great about the Big Lebowski for me is the characters, and I think really we should talk about Walter as well. Walter Solchak, <laughs> who is just the most wonderful creation of John Goodman's and the mm. Coen Brothers. I mean, he's just this insane gun-toting Vietnam veteran. He has this weird Californian laid-backness as well a lot of the time. Yeah. Like, he's like, very undue. Yeah. Like, he has that weird... It's like, it's he a, he's almost... Him. as he's, I always imagine him as being in Robert Duvall's surf-obsessed surf helicopter brigade in the Vietnam Yeah, well, <laughs> actually, well, in through my research a little bit for... Through your research? Wikipedia research. Ah, excellent, like, excellent. Well, basically, like the, as I mentioned before, it is inspired loosely by Raymond Chandler's work. And Joel Cohen stated in an interview, he said, we want to do a Chandler kind of story, how it moves episodically and deals with the characters trying to unravel a mystery, as well as having a hopelessly complex plot that's ultimately unimportant. Does which... anyone ever understand Chandler? I mean, you're reading Raymond Chandler. I, do you have any I, idea what's going on? I, I finished Raymond Chandler's books. I don't know. I understood. Have you read all of them? I haven't read number eight or I haven't read Trouble is My Business or Killer in the Rain or the one that he... I've never even heard of it. Killer in the Rain is, I think, another sh- of ma- an amalgamation of short stories. Excuse me, just burps. And trouble. See, see we're, we're really good. We're recording in an echoey room yeah. while drinking beer. We're doing everything right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. we're just like consummate podcast. And if people could thing. see how we hooked up the microphone, they would just see where. Oh yeah, you of. should probably explain. fucking amateurs. Yeah, punch of fucking amateurs. Yeah. Um, you should probably explain that. Yeah, right now our microphone is attached to a box with a piece of string because the stand I bought didn't well. Well, it was work. a complete non-starter, wasn't it? Was, it? it didn't. You know, absolute piece of shit. Twelve quid down the, down the drain. Go and take yeah. that. Take that back to the shop and yeah, beat anyway. the salesman to death with it. I might do that. I think the the, the base of the stand. Oh, fuck it. Sandwich. It probably wouldn't even do that. It would break. Yeah, pretty much. So sorry, you were saying. So anyway, that's kind of the same thing. I mean, uh, I've read quite a lot of Chandler's books. They're all very, very confusing. Yes. I mean, you can kind of understand what's going well, on. Well, I mean, oh, they obviously have stuff, but what he he weaves these. There's actually a really good story from when they were filming The Big Sleep. It's something like at one point during the filming of The Big Sleep, Bogart asked Humphrey, uh, sorry, Bogart asked Howard Hawks, the director, uh, so who killed this guy exactly? Some there's a death in the film, and Howard Hawks goes, oh boy, Bogie, I don't know. And they uh, so they 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 asked the uh, the screenwriters, and I think someone else worked on that. Lee Brackett, I think. Lee Brackett, right? Yeah, yeah. so they asked, I think they might, I think Lee Brackett might, but anyway, they asked the scriptwriters, they were like, actually, we don't know either. So they rang up Raymond Chandler, and they were like, listen, we've, we're filming your movie, and we don't have any idea who killed this person. And Chandler goes, uh, let me consult my notes, and I'll get back to you. And a couple of days later, he rings up and says, I, honestly, I've, I have no idea. And, and he says, but I'm not sure it matters. And, and I think most people mm. agree. It doesn't matter that no one knows what's going on because it's the world of Chandler that's fun. And that's what's yeah. great about this is I guess the big Lebowski has that quality to it that what it, we don't really care with the plot so much because the world that these people are living in is somehow, it's simultaneously deeply depressing, the sort mm. of bowling alley and their, yeah. their terrible lives that they have in some ways. But yet it's incredible. You do kind of mm. want to hang out in this film. You're yeah, sad when yeah. it ends. You yeah, know? very sad when it ends. And when, 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 uh, when poor old Donnie... Yeah, Donald oh, dies. That's really sad. Steve Buscemi. And another thing I wanted to mention about this, the cast. Mm. Can you think how many Oscar winners are in it? You've got Julianne Moore. Jeff Bridges. Jeff Bridges. Who became a future Oscar winner later in his career. 
Yeah, they, none of them, but none of them have, none of them had won well, Oscars no, no, at the time. Yeah, or anyway, yeah. It doesn't matter. But what I'm saying is, like, it's an incredibly. Well, they were nominated for Oscars. A lot yeah. of them were nominated. But it's, but yeah, I mean, Oscars, Oscars are fucking yeah. irrelevant anyway. But what I'm saying is, like, the stature of the amount of people, mm. the the, peop, the amount of stature that the people in that film have. When you think of Philip Seymour Hoffman, David Huddleston, uh, John Turturro, yeah, John Turturro, Sam Elliott, Sam Elliott, exactly. I mean, they just keep, they keep David Thewlis. Oh, yeah. You know, who's in it for like two seconds? Ben Gazzara. Who? He plays Tree One. Oh. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. What else is he in? Uh, Happiness, Summer of Sam. He's a really famous actor. I've not read any of those. Those are films. Did I just say red? Yeah, you said red. All right, we'll cut that up. Uh, <laughs> right, so, so um, I haven't seen any of those. So, um, But it's really weird uh, when looking at The Big Lebowski because a lot of the Coen Brothers stories, if you look at like Raising Arizona, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou... They're all insane. The stories are very insane. You can't, it seems really weird for these guys to act, how do they come up with all this stuff? And some of the interesting thing is, a lot of it is actually taken from real life stories. Really? Well, basically the dude is kind of, was well, he based on a real person? Well, a f- one or two people actually. There was a guy called Jeff Dowd, and he was a movie producer that the man, that he actually was, this is actually quite interesting. He was, um, he mentioned you should never say that before telling a story because then immediately people are like oh really no. oh really is it because remember this is a movie podcast where you're going straight into the movie yeah, yeah, yeah. this is actually quite interesting right, I think, right, right, I think right. ladies ladies keep your clothes on we I are about fucking to tell the story right? yeah, absolutely 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 carry on <laughs> um, so basically Jeff Dow met the Curran brothers while they were trying to distribute their first movie Blood Simple great film uh, Dow was one of three things he was a member of the Seattle Seven, which was uh, a part of the... Well, they were seven people part of the Seattle Liberation Front, which was a radical anti-Vietnam War movement. Mm-hmm. And he was arrested along with these other six people, and they were charged with conspiracy to incite a riot in the wake of a violent protester. But there's the that bit in the film, isn't there, where he says, have you ever heard of... The, what is it, the Portland... Port... Uh, uh, f- whatever it is and he said yeah, that was, yeah, that was me, like and, me, me and four other guys yeah. <laughs> uh, he liked to drink white Russians oh there you go dressed weirdly mm-hmm. hair was messy and he was known as the dude oh there you go and um, they were and he was also uh, the dude was also partly based on a friend of theirs called uh, Peter Xline and he also was a Vietnam veteran who actually lived in a dump of an apartment that the Coen brothers described and he also had a rug that tied the room together oh yeah <laughs> funnily enough really tied and, uh, and funnily enough he actually knew Barry Sonnenfeld who was the Coen brothers first cinematographer oh right he okay. worked on Blood Simple Raising Arizona and Miller's Crossing before Roger Deakins came in so actually speaking of which I was going to ask you did Roger Deakins do the cinematography for The Big Lebowski? Yes. And you can bloody well tell because it's gorgeous. Mm. It looks fucking wonderful. He's done all the movies. The, the, from the very opening shots of the, 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 the bowling alley, I mean, he's just fantastic. Has he, has he done them all since then? He's done all of them since... I have since... a feeling that there was one he skipped recently. Yeah, he, did. he didn't do Burn After Reading. That was Emmanuel Lebeski, Chivo, or if you want to call him that. And I don't know. He didn't do... It's be a bit, bit rude. Oh, actually, you He didn't do Inside Lewin Davis because he was busy doing Skyfall at the time. Oh, he did a very good job on Skyfall. Yeah. I thought, I thought the cinematography on Inside Lewin Davis was, was good, actually. Mm. But it... I can't remember his name, but he's a French cinematographer. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, Peter Exline, uh, he, was, he introduced them 
uh, uh, Barry Sonnenfeld introduced Peter to uh, the Coen brothers when they were trying to raise money for Blood Simple, so that's up to they've known him for quite a long time. So it's nice to say, it was, it was sort of fun that this is almost a film that for a bunch of yeah. people would just have been a ton of in-jokes, and yet Basically, for us, yeah. it's, as you were saying, it seems like the total insane creation of a, of a, well, uh, actually, a, you the, know, a crazy pair of minds. But the, but the inspiration for a lot of what happens in the, like, a lot of what happens in the film came from real life. Like the, the stolen car store part of the film. Well, everyone steals cars. Yeah, I know, but, but, but a lot of what happens in the film did actually happen. Right. Basically, X-Line, he told the brothers... Oh, as in, as in the dude's car? The dude's car, Peter X-Line's car. The dude, well, dude in the film, Peter X-Line's car was stolen by a bunch of high school kids in real life. And then they find homework in it? Yes. They you left, are? Well, basically... You are. <laughs> no, basically... Is this your homework, Larry? Is this your homework, Larry? <laughs> We you know, know you're nuts, Larry. <laughs> you're killing your father, Larry. <laughs> Do you see what happens, Larry? Do you see what happens? <laughs> you know how they changed that for. <laughs> Do you see what happens when you fuck a stranger in the ass? You know how they changed that line? They blurred out the swear words. <laughs> what? Oh, for American television. They, they, they changed it to "stranger in the Alps." <laughs> <laughs> what? They saw that. Do you see what happens, Larry? Do you see what happens when you find a stranger in the Alps? Yes. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> when you find a stranger in the Alps, your your car gets totaled. Um, yeah, but um, they actually... I fucking love Walter. He's a hero of mine. But do you know who Walter was based on? I'm assuming um, this is a, a, someone colourful. Uh, John Milius. John Milius? Yeah, he inspired Walter. God, I don't know anything about John Milius, but... Uh, I feel he, like <laughs> he, he had a penchant for guns and he wasn't in the military but he it's pronounced Paul Sean darling okay sorry but he well, that's quite alright he, he had a penchant for Paul Sean whatever yeah it's a very he loves guns yeah yeah he's <laughs> goddamn god second amendment loving America that's all you know Paul Sean you French crap yeah he, sorry he had, carry on he had a penchant for guns and <laughs> you keep saying it he's <laughs> such a dick do you fucking the song yeah exactly no he he um, liked guns he likes guns and <laughs> we just lost all the listeners he, he 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 wasn't in the military but he liked that he knew a lot about the military basically ah so he's a bit like um he's a bit like joe don baker's character in in like in the living daylights yes pretty much I completely forgot Joe. I forgot Joe Non Baker was in Living Daylights. Yeah, he's, 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 it's really weird. There's like there's like seven levels of villains in that film. It's really anyway. We're not talking yeah. about that either. Um, carry on. Yeah, John Milius, gun nut. So um, yeah, off for guns. <laughs> and um, and uh, Jim, uh, there was a uh, John Milius had um, had a friend called uh, Jim Ganser, I think, and he was also a bit of a source for Jeff Bridges' character because he was part of a group of... For Jeff Bridges? Uh, for, for, the for, the dude. Dude, for the dude? Uh, ah, okay. For the dude, I mean. So, so, so Walter's based entirely on John Milius, then? Yeah, because, well, because of the sunglasses. Surely, the also, some of it must have come from Goodman. I think a lot of it may but, have I mean, some, they must have... Because then they write the part for John Goodman. Well, they write the part for everybody. Really? Apart, well, Burn After Reading, they found it hard to try and find the Tilda Swinton character until they got Tilda Swinton. Initially, they didn't have an actress in mind for her. They had to go. Oh, I, oh, I see. So they wrote the but, but normally, so they write. So they write every single character with someone in mind. Yeah, they usually. Well, around the time they were filming Barton Fink, that's when they were writing the screenplay for this. You know, I've not seen Barton Fink. You've never seen Barton? No. Oh. And I love John Turturro as an actor yeah. did you see Fading Gigolo that came out last no, year no I oh that's that. a marvellous film mm. he directed that as well he wrote the screenplay as well yeah yeah he Woody Allen's really good in it yeah they actually uh, they, I think they met John Millis fuck I should have saved that for the recommendations <laughs> <laughs> they met uh, John Millis while they were doing Barton Fink 
okay. Yeah. Well, so, so that's good. So, so, so there's a sort of real life grounding in yeah. it. Yeah. Um, but I do. I just. I love the fact that basically this film. You know, it's so it's so much fun. The first time you sit down and watch it, I mean, you're just like this. Mm. And no wonder it has this cult like hold on people because it is just a film that, like Rio Bravo or like, you know, any of these Days real fused. Yeah, that you just sit down. I've not seen Days Confused actually. Mm. Uh, that you sit down and and watch. You know, like I could watch this every goddamn day. You know, it's so fun. It is a lot. Of fun. I've often I've often think of it as the American with Nell and I. You know, in the way that it has yeah, that very, yeah. it's you know, yeah. With now and I has a plot in the same way the the Big Lebowski has one, but more it's a. I think both films are more about characters, mm. about they're almost a series Rather of sketches. You know, yeah, exactly. Like, the, and the dialogue is so good and so quotable. But and both films have those incredible mm. casts. I think that there's a similarity. Obviously, With Nell and I is much sadder, but I think the Big Lebowski has a certain sadness as well. Yeah. I mean, not just in the fact that Donnie dies, but also in the, I guess, I, I'm always so depressed to think about, like, what must Walter and the dude's life really be like? I mean, you, yeah. I know that the I dude know, has like, inspired a religion, but I think you'd go insane living like that. I think with, like, Walter's character, I always, that scene at the end when they're scattering the ashes, I don't know, it's a funny... Scattering the fucking ashes, <laughs> just because we're bereaved, just make us saps! Is there a Ralph's around here? Yeah. God damn it! I just I love that man. Yeah, I don't know. Every time when he says "God damn it," I always remind it reminds me of our dad a little bit. When he says, "Tell you who it really reminds me of our, our, our father's father." He was a great oh, God damn God fucking Jesus Christ. <laughs> that was it. Every time something he, he every time he disagreed with something. Yeah. There was a time he was in England visiting mum and dad. This is our, our American grandfather. Totally he was great. in England visiting mum and dad, and he's sitting there, and there's Taggart. Taggart, the Scottish. TV uh, police yeah. show it's playing on the telly and he goes god damn it and blimey sons of bitches playing the shit that we can't understand and I was like what what are you talking about like it's Taggart and yeah no one can understand it that's the point it's all yeah. in Scots and he's like I just haven't forgotten about the war my mum's like what war the revolutionary war he actually brought a hunting knife with him that he carried dab up and down the King's Road because he was scared that he was going to get attacked by Brits for being American. On King's Road? Yep. Who the fuck was he going to get attacked by? Mods. Uh, yes, exactly. A homeless guy who just happens to be living there? They don't allow homeless people on the King's Road, darling. Um, but yeah, well, so that was the... Oh, my phone just buzzed. That's terrible. Um, Is that your conference call? Uh, no, no, it's not. Um, actually, just a reminder. No, anyway, so where were we? Yeah. I mean, um, the scene where he's scattering the ashes, there is, he's so... But the way he has this kind of, like, he had this, it's the bit where he brushes all the ashes off Jeff Bridges, and Jeff Bridges is like, you're just fucking travesty with you, Walter. What, what does all this shit about Vietnam? What does anything have to do with Vietnam? And he sort of stands there in that kind of childlike know, kind of He looks of like, like a big teddy. <laughs> yeah. and, he's, and, you know, the way he just gives him this, like, really helpless hug. Yeah. I mean, it's really a sweet scene, that, and then yeah. they go... Fuck it, let's go bowling. Let's fuck it, let's go bowling. And, it, and that's kind of the... You, there's that scene earlier in the film where he goes to see the big Lebowski. Mm. Um, obviously, the big, obviously, as a, uh, as a prefix, is a is a, another Chandler reference, isn't it, I suppose? The big sleep. Uh, the big, you know? Oh, and also in the big sleep, because uh, he goes to visit a cripple in his house. And that I don't think we're asked to call that, darling. What? Cripple. Oh, disabled, disabled person. <laughs> Mr. Lebowski is disabled. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, he goes and, and he says, you know, it, it, he says, uh, fuck it. And he goes, yeah. That, <laughs> fuck it. Yeah. Tattoo on your forehead. Just tattoo on your forehead, exactly. And, uh, Condolences. Yeah. Your revolution is over, Mr. Lebowski. Did you hear me, Mr. Lebowski? The bombs will always lose. Yeah, exactly. And... Um, uh. Mm. Philip Seymour Hoffman is great. But that sort of, he does, he's right, it is, that that is, the, the dude, 
and to some extent I think Walter's entire attitude is like well, you know they'll care about something and then they'll just go ah fuck it you know and, and that's yet, the tra- yeah. that's why they aren't they are you know it's sad to say but losers yeah, they, they are. are bowling losers because their yeah. entire life has been a series of uh, fuck it let's go bowling well they have to, I mean Walter has this idea like why don't we just steal the ransom money for ourselves <laughs> and he has this whole plan of like I'm gonna grab one and beat it out of him <laughs> yeah and, and then it, and then you know he brings the Uzi along yeah. and it's totally and then Uzi. in the next and then in the next scene he's still wearing his weird like military coloured onesie yeah. and he's and, and he's still limping yeah and he's a little bad down he's still limping around but he's just like totally and he's like oh gonna kill that poor and he's like bloody bloody but it's just like, as far as he's concerned they went out like had a fun time and now they're back bowling and he doesn't give a shit yeah um I know he says like I don't know he, but now just yeah. I love throughout the film though in any of those scenes I absolutely love Donnie yeah uh, coming in would you just having no idea what's going on and being totally ignored <laughs> and isn't it wasn't because they always, they're always saying shut the fuck up Donnie. yeah when they're saying shut the fuck up Donnie in the movie that's because in Fargo the movie before that the Coen Brothers made in 1996 Steve Buscemi never shuts the fuck up until he gets minced in the wood chipper. that's true and so every time when they tell him to shut the fuck up that's kind of the idea <laughs> he's, he's a, but it's funny he's, how Jeff Bridges never like there's only two times where he actually ever talks face to face to Donnie you know what he's saying like where you going dude oh Donnie phone's ringing dude thank you Donnie are those the only two lines those are the only two occasions where he does wow yeah poor old Donnie and that is that great my favourite Donnie moment is uh, I'm Walter when when Walter and and, and the dude are having a conversation that isn't exactly coherent in the first place this is like it's like Lennon said and Donnie suddenly chimes in with I am the walrus and they keep talking and then you get I am the walrus and then and then it's me I Lennon Vladimir Ilyanov I absolutely love that weird connection that he makes me like, oh, Lemon, the Beatles. <laughs> but it's funny how that scene leads in, leads from in the introduction of one other, well, another character who has nothing to do with the movie, but it's just memorable in every possible The way. Jesus. The Jesus. <laughs> yeah, nobody fucks with the Jesus. Actually, another thing I looked up in my sort of Wikipedia uh, research, uh, John Turturro's performance of uh, Jesus was actually inspired by an earlier performance where he did play a pederast-type character in a play called... Pederast, Walter. Shut the fuck up, darling. Uh, called uh, Mi, putu vi- uh, Mi Puta Vida, which... My... What's that mean? My whore's life or something? Me, I don't know. Puta means whore, doesn't it? Vida must mean life. All right. Anyway. Life, yeah. Spanish film. And they, they saw him on stage, Cohen and... Joel and Ethan Cohen, they saw him on stage in 1988, so I guess they kept that ready for when they were going to do the Big Lebowski because John Turturro did Miller's Crossing and then Barton Fink, and then he was... Uh, he's, he's, a, he's such a good one. Mm. I mean, um, He's great in Barton Fink. Him and he's also good in uh, Oh Brother Up, though. <laughs> Who made you leader at this outfit? Yeah. We thought you were the Um Oh, no, it's him who they think has turned into the... Yeah, they yeah. Who's the other guy? Uh, Tim Blake Nelson. Tim Blake Nelson, of course. I always forget him. Yeah, they know. He's, he's just a, a really, really good actor. Great oh, character. I tell you what. Great the character. one he's... The, he's fantastic in uh, Miller's Crossing, isn't he? Look into your heart. Yeah. He's such a slime ball in that. I, I was looking up on, like, when I was reading... Because I have this uh, biography book, uh, biography on... Joel and Ethan Cohen are basing mm. off their whole life. From, Any good? Uh, I mean, from what I read already today, it, it sounds really interesting. I mean, they just their directing style, from what I've I've heard, is so relaxed, and it's just. But see, ostensibly, one of them directs and one of them 
edits or one of them writes, they but both, actually they, they both, both do. They, they both do, edit. They edit. Yeah, they edit under a pseudonym. Roderick, Roderick James. And they, and but there is something that I read once, and I one of them is more known for the screenwriting, one of them is more known for the writing. But I think basically they collaborate on everything, don't they? But I think like if you, it, but if you go up to one of them and ask them a question, you're going to get the same answer from both of them. That's weird. They're not twins, are they? No, I think Joel's older than Ethan. Which one of it's that is that that's married to uh, Frances McDormand? Joel is. <laughs> okay. And um, I love that when she won her Oscar and she was like, "This is what you get if you sleep with the director." I thought that was quite fun. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, I mean, um, and um, I, I was reading in the book. It's, that, an, it's incredibly well told. But story, I think, like, isn't it? and I think you because you the thing that their films all have in common that you were saying, you know, this this madcap kind of flying by the seat of your pants quality, mm. perhaps that is a product of this collaboration. They are each other's muse, if you yeah. could, you know, you could be that pretentious. But, but they... It's um, similar to, you know, the Howard Hawks screwball comedies. The mm. reason why so many of those were so successful was because he identified the strong the genre, yeah. female uh, counterpart as being to the, to the male protagonist as being really crucial and that was largely based on his wife at the time Slim Hawks who um, wait 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 he was married to a woman called Slim that was her nickname I can't remember her actual name but she was called Slim and she was the ba- she was um, okay. Lauren Bacall she actually discovered Lauren Bacall and Lauren Bacall's character in To Have and Had Not was also based on uh, on, on Slim I think you know, there's been a lot of Howard Hawks references today anyway um, <laughs> it's not entirely inappropriate because yeah. he obviously did direct The Big Sleep one thing I wanted to talk to you about coming back to The Big Lebowski is I watched it uh, most recently I think I watched it about three or four months ago and as I was watching it I'd just seen Hitchcock's North by Northwest I think maybe even the night before and suddenly I realised there's a ton of North by Northwest references in Really? Oh, the well, the identity part of it. Well, like, firstly, really? let me go through it because first, and there's too many for it not to surely be deliberate. The mistaken identity part. Okay, I'll buy that. You know, there's that's fine. You know, but that's the ton of films do that. Yeah. And the way it's done slightly farcically, and the way these two goons show up, perhaps. Um, but then the one I really come to is when he goes to Jackie Treehorns, and there's two things here. One is that he takes Jackie Treehorn writes something on a piece of paper. Well, actually, he draws a picture of a, a, a cartoon stick man with an erection. Yeah. And he goes out of the room, and, and Jeff Bridges goes. Uh, the dude goes and 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 traces out the outline to see what uh, Jackie had written was on the preceding important. page yeah. exactly. And he's it's exactly what um, uh, Roger Thornhill, Cary Grant's character, does in North by Northwest. And oh, then okay. in the following scene at the police station uh, with the with the cop, another great little scene with a I don't like a jerk off name. Yeah. I don't like a jerk off behavior, and I don't like you jerk, jerk off. off. Um, can I just make a... Could I just put it on a... On a little, yeah. That also actually happened as well. Really? Louis Abernathy, who is a writer and an actor, he was in um, Titanic. He plays one of Bill Paxton's uh, guys who helps... He's in the like beginning scene when they're in the sub looking at the Titanic and they find the safe with Kate Winslet's photo in it. He's big, big, big great, big, bushy beard guy. <laughs> and he also uh, wrote a screenplay that was rejected for the Freddy vs. Jason screenplay. But he actually was a private investigator for a period of time, and he actually helped Peter Exline find the car. With and they actually found that that's how they found the kids with, who stole the car because it was impounded like in the film, and then they found the the, the homework in the car which would belong to one of the eighth graders with his address on it, and so he actually. He had, like, been around so much, like, scum over his whole life, and he actually got arrested in Malibu, and a cop did actually throw a mug in his face. And Lovely. say, get out of Malibu, Abernathy. Stay out of Malibu! <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Um, that's what you call a mugshot. Um, <laughs> the uh, uh, yeah, but the, the, so in that scene, it said that you know you were thrown out of the party for being drunk, drunk and unruly mm. or drunk and abusive. I think is it. Uh, and they use oh, almost exactly the same phrasing in North by Northwest when okay, he's right, picked out like, of the car. They tried to drug me. <laughs> yeah, he says you know this happened, this happened, this happened, and he's drugged as well. Well, no, actually he's given a more bourbon than he can handle. But it's, mm. this is exactly the same principles. So I think that must surely be a, a reference. And with all the other stuff, yeah. I think. Anyway, I just thought that was all right. You know, um, but also coming back to the the screenplay, the only improvised line in the film. Oh, I think I know this. It's uh, it's you human paraquat, isn't it? That's that's the only which is a really bizarre line, and I apparently it's to big paraquat was some pesticide they used yeah. to kill marijuana plants, basically, and so. That's for for the dude. That's the ultimate insult you could have on someone. Yeah. But um, everything else, every, even every like fuck, every you know, it, every every well, every hundred. Shut the fuck up, yeah, yeah that's that's it. It. But every time when someone says dude or man, that's in the screenplay. Wow. So I thought that, that, is, that is quite amazing yeah. and, and incredible because that yeah, that must be so hard. To, God, I mean, I know nothing about acting, but that must just be just. Well, the only time I think actually, well, Jeff Bridges, the only time he actually asked the directors for anything was. Do you think when he showed up here to this to this location, do you think he had one on the way? Like what, a, who? The like dude? The dude, yeah. So he's yeah. talking about his own character. Yeah, right. he's talking about his own character. Do you think he burned one on the way over here? And they were like, yeah. So what he did, he'd like, before every take, he'd like rub his eyes to make it look like he had Oh, uh, right. I like Jeff Bridges. He, always, he seems so... You know what? He has a most fantastic website. Really? Check it out, yeah. He's a he's a really good photographer. Mm-hmm. And he takes uh, really nice black and white shots on... Uh, on each set that he's on. He's took some fantastic ones of Crazy Heart and True Grit. Oh, nice. And he's got a really well-designed and well-put-together website. And he does some wonderful music and stuff as oh, well. Sweet. You know, So he's, he's just an all-round fantastic guy, isn't he? Yeah. I mean, what a, what, a, what a hero. Crazy Heart's great. Crazy Heart's a great film. Um, he's in The Last Picture Show. Mm. You know. With Ben Johnson and... Uh, Cloris Leachman. And Cloris Leachman. Yeah. Randy Quaid. One yeah. of his first films. So, is it Sam Buttons? Sam Buttons, yeah. yeah. So yeah, he's done a ton of great stuff, mm. and uh, but yeah, and he's also done a ton of shit along the way. He's very much just I'm a sure professional. A yeah, he's absolutely along the way. <laughs> Look at Jack Nicholson. I mean, yeah, yeah. Um, or Michael Caine. Oh god, Michael Caine's a really good example, actually. He's got, he's like the Robert Mitchum of like the British. Yeah, he, he almost is a British Robert Mitchum. Always plays more or less the same part and has done so much shite, but occasionally something that is just. I mean, like in between good every good. good piece of gold, there is a good piece of crap in in there. Oh yeah. But um, not so much the case with the Cohen brothers, though. Yeah, I Coming mean... Coming back to that, I mean, they really have... I have know. they ever made... Oh, I suppose they made that terrible Lady Killers remake. Yeah, I which mean, I, didn't I, see. I, thought it was, I thought it was funny, but after watching the Lady Killers, I would always say... The original. The original, yeah. I would say, well, the one with Alec Guinness, which is just genius. Yeah, and, I, and Peter Sellers. Yeah, yeah, but then and then there was one more that they intolerable, that I, intolerable cruelty, intolerable which cruelty. Is the only one Catherine Zeta Jones is in that yeah. one, and George Clooney and Jeffrey Rush and Billy Bob Thornton. You well. are basically just a human owned being. Pretty much, yeah. yeah. Uh, um, I mean, I, that's the only Cohen Brothers film I haven't seen. Uh, I haven't seen. Have you seen the Hudsucker Proxy? No, and I've not seen. I'd like you to see I'm, that. That would I be will. interesting to read. Uh, uh, for you. Read. Ha! What goes seen. around comes around. You wanker. Yeah. Uh, no. you, seen, you haven't seen Barton Fink. No. You have it in your flat, don't you? Uh, I think you do. I think, I think I've seen it on your shelves. So you right, okay. Do. Yeah, I've, I've kind of lost You should watch that. You should try about it. I will. I'll tell you what. I'll go Definitely home and watch Barton Fink. Um, the, other one, the other one I haven't seen is um, A Serious Man. That's a weird movie. I've heard it's, it's really it's good, It's very funny. We have it. I have it here on my shelf, but it's... Um, oh. 
It's uh, it's it's a strange movie. I mean, Michael Stuhlberg, uh, who's in, uh, Stuhlberg, who's in, uh, who plays Arnold Rothstein on Boardwalk Empire, he's great in it, and it's got a you know really sort of unknown cast. Guy called Stuhlberg playing someone called Rothstein, guessing Jewish characters. <laughs> well, serious man, <laughs> just like let's, a serious man typecasting going on. Well, I mean, Arnold Rothstein was a, no, no, I'm, I'm kidding. He I'm was kidding. a real, he was a real card player, gangster. Allegedly was behind some of the bribery involved in the Chicago White Sox in 1919. Right. Um, I've never watched any Boardwalk Empire, but I, I, I kind of. I, I the history behind it is interesting more than the show. Itself. Well, that's the thing, isn't it? I think it's always going to be the case. But he got shot again. He got died by getting shot in the balls. I think. Ew. Yeah, during a card game. Obviously. I think we've got a bit. Um, t- yeah, no, 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 but, uh, no, but, no, but um, again, Serious Man is is interesting. I'd say but where does where does the Big Lebowski rank for you? For me, I would in the Coen probably Brothers. in their in their top three, along with uh, Fargo. I think Fargo would be my number two favorite. And your favorite? My third favorite. Uh, I think Barton Fink because it's. I don't oh know. God, I really need to watch. I'd it, say though. Barton Fink is my number. Uh, I'd say. So so you're you're you're, the, you're no according to according to you the best Coen Brothers film is Barton Fink. Yeah. Or No Country for Old Men. Which I, one? It would be. But I think it would be. Cut it four in your top three. Uh, I mean, if pick one. Okay, if I was going to go for pick top, one, because then you can make the other one number two. Okay, if I was going to make uh, okay, if I was going to go for top five Coen Brothers films, I'd say number one would be The Big Lebowski. Number two would be Fargo. Number three, I would say Changing My Mind. No Country for Old Men. Uh, number four, Barton Fink, and number five, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? You see, for me, No Country for Old Men, hands down, their best film. Absolutely, their mm. their their best, the best film they've ever made. Um, I love it. I think it's so friend. Just yeah, it, it it's it, it has it all. You know, it's like it's everything they've done kind of works towards this. Like that weird humor, their gift for storytelling, but also for making things sometimes a little bit creepy, like in Blood Simple. It's, it's like a greatest tits album of all that yeah. they're capable of. Um, I also love Fargo, and but but the Big Lebowski, you know, it's always there. Mm. It always runs everything. It always whenever I think about my favorite Coen Brothers movies. Uh, which have to, for me, include True Grit. I don't feel like they get enough credit for what they did there. That's a really good film. It's a good remake. And again, I mean, one with, of the better remakes, yeah. But I mean, again, with 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 Jeff Bridges. Yeah. Um, and it it's and Matt Damon. Um, Matt Damon. Uh, it's a really really good picture. And uh, that's a good movie. Yeah, I mean, I I think that they because I was so skeptical when, yeah, when it was announced because I, I thought yeah. I love the John Wayne movie. What? How could you possibly? And then I realised that actually, well, the John Wayne movie, you know, much as we love it, it doesn't go near. It doesn't nearly get I what the Coen Brothers you... get out of that story. I think with True Grid, if you look at the casting, the, I mean, Kim Darby, who plays... Oh, she's woeful, isn't she? She's a woman in that film. The, the, in the book, it's, it's a kid. It's a 14-year-old kid, and I think... Yeah, and Kim got, Darby's easy, you know, she, she couldn't even pass for, you know, teenager, let alone anything. I mean, she's about 30, isn't she? But I think, but I think with Hayley Steinfeld, Steinfeld in True Grit, you, could, you, you seemed, it was believable that she was a woman who really wanted... Like out for revenge, yeah. She, and she looked, she looked determined. And she, and she, she kills him. Yeah, she, she kills a bitch at the end. Yeah. She, he, she shoots his, shoots him off a mountain. Again, anyway, another uh, another program. tangent that we've just shot down, having discussed it. But yeah, I always, I always think that spoiler that's, alert. <laughs> I always think the true grit uh, should be considered. But I mean, it's it's all subjective, isn't it? But yeah, the Big Lebowski is it is it me or is it almost underrated as a film because it's so much of a cult? 
Like people perhaps don't realise how well made it is. It is very well made. Like people yeah. perhaps don't think about that because they always run to oh because they created this iconic character and you know they actually created a fucking religion, Dudism. Yeah. Um, and they have the like big Lebowski festivals and things like that. T-shirts, yeah, yeah. memorabilia. Actually, there is a store in New York. Didn't that come in the, in the Obama? Yeah, the Obama parody the, with hope and it just says abide instead. I have that shirt yes you do that's right that's Lily gave me the, our sister Lily gave me that shirt yeah. but no I think there's a store in New York that actually sells a lot of memorabilia for it oh pilgrimage I tripped on a cloud and fell eight miles high I tore my mind on a jagged sky I just dropped in to see what condition my condition was in yeah yeah, oh yeah, what condition my condition was in. So shall we, uh, shall we get to those pesky recommendations then? Yeah, so for recommendations, I have a new recommendation for you for a film I know you have not seen yet. Oh yeah? Not Barton Fink. Not, not Barton Fink. Fink. I think we can just, I think Barton Fink is a pretty so good So that's a given. I'd say one film I know that you haven't seen or read the book is One Flew of the Cuckoo's Nest. Oh, yes, that's right. I had not seen that. Milos, Milos Forman. Milos Forman. I really, I, you know, I had it in my hand the other day. I was thinking about what to watch and I was standing there looking down at, at, uh, at One Flew of the Cuckoo's Nest and I was just thinking, you know what? I've had a long day. It's been a bit shit. I fancy watching something else. So I think I watched a shitty Alan Ladd film about whaling. Um... Uh, which I will not recommend because it was rubbish. To be fair, Let's I think, think if, you had, if you had a bad day, yeah, I wanted, you would have been a bit depressed. I think so. I yeah. wanted something to cheer, Especially me, when it goes to the end of the uh, to cheer me up. So mm. um, I'm going to recommend, seeing as you recommended one of the big sort of sacred cows, mm. I'm going to recommend one of the big sacred cows to you. And I know I recommended a French film in the last episode, but I'm going to do it again. And it's going to be Breathless. Have you ever seen it? Yes. Fuck! <laughs> a bout de soufflet. Yeah, your disastrous pronunciation aside, yes, breathless. Um, okay, shit. Um, have you ever seen A Band Apart? That's Truffaut, right? Uh, I think. Or Goddard. What? Goddard did Breathless, right? Oh, God. Yeah, I think so. That was his first movie. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they all get a bit confused. Goddard, Truffaut, Melville, they all sort of blend into one, don't they? Uh, no, they, not, they obviously Band don't. Apart, I have not seen. Ha-ha! Then you should watch that. All right. Okay, it's time to look at whose birthday it is. Oh, yay. Carmen Electra at 43 years old. She's 43 Carmen today. Electra. Wow. She's that was like proper turn-of-the-century wank material, that. Yeah. Uh, the other one, uh, there's a guy called Joseph Lawrence. He's 39. Who the fuck is that? I'm just about to figure, find that out. Oh, he's on Melissa and Joey. That what one. the hell is that? It's that. What one. is this? It's made up nonsense. No, it's not a made up nonsense. It's a it's a t- it's a sitcom. It's a oh, it's m- m- uh, Melissa Joan Hart who played Sabrina, uh, just a teenage witch. She's Sabrina the teenage witch. Okay, this is uh, this is the synopsis for the show that IMDb has. After a family scandal leaves Mel, a local politician, alone with her niece Lennox and nephew Ryder, she hires a man named Joe to become the family's male nanny or Manny. Well, that sounds awful. Um, uh, and also, he was all, actually. Oh wait, hold on a minute. Uh, Nineteen eighty-eight. He was in Oliver and Company. and actually, Disney film. And actually, voiced Oliver oh. with Billy Joel as the dog Dodger. Billy Joel does a voice in 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 Oliver and Company. Yeah, he he does the. Why should I worry? That's oh, well, you know, I don't think I've seen that film since I was about five. But yeah, so who else's birthday is it? Uh, yeah, Cheech Marines and uh, Oliver. Uh, Crispin Glover. He's fifty-one. Ah, well, he's a great actor. George McFly. I heard that there was some trouble with him, though, on the second 
uh, Back well, to the Future. Well, well, that's because he, well, he's not in it. They have like a lookalike. And they all had to, they had to cut him out. Yeah, they cut him out. Well, actually, if you, you know, in the second one where the character is upside down on some weird thing, they actually had a lookalike guy doing it, and then they. Just, Why did he get sacked? It was I, he I was misbehaving, I, wasn't he? Or something. I don't know. He was either misbehaving, or there was some salary thing, or creative differences. I have no idea. Creative differences them. is always a smokescreen. Creative differences means absolutely bugger all. No. It's like, the, it's not you, it's me. It's like, no, 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 no. What are you actually being fired for creative yeah. differences? Bullshit. Who else's birthday? Uh, Andy Circus is 51 today. Ooh. Colin. I thought he was younger than that. Uh, ooh, Ryan O'Neill's birthday today as well. Okay, well, he was uh, famously married to Farrah Fawcett, right? Farrah Fawcett, yes, he was married to Farrah Fawcett. Yeah, I don't think he was. A, I don't think he's a very nice man. I've heard. Yeah, he had not. a bit of a problem with Tatum O'Neill, his daughter. Tatum. Nice one. Um, yeah, there was a there was a bit of an issue with that, and I think they actually fell out for a long period of time, and then they had to come onto some. Yeah. Talk I know. Show, I've just talk show to actually. Oh yeah, as everyone does. Yeah, every, yeah. Go on to talk shows. Yeah, he's, he's, he's kind of a. I don't know. I mean, I've seen. Him he's an incredibly boring actor. I mean, how anyone ever thought? You know what this guy needs? He needs a camera in front of him because he just oozes charisma. He looks so pretty. He is. Well, he's handsome. He's but very he, handsome. But he's man, yeah. he's handsome in a kind of like boring way. Yeah. You know, he looks just a bit <laughs> like he could be just anyone. You ever heard of? Um... A film called Tough Guys Don't Dance. No. Is this... Well, Ryan O'Neill is in the movie, and um, basically it's not a great film. No. And... Uh, <laughs> not surprised. Norman, Norman Mailer wrote... the Who wrote... Who was the famous author who wrote that uh, book about Mayer the... Yeah, yes, he's yes, a Pulitzer Prize winning author. Yes, Wrote yes, and directed a movie. And uh, I can't remember who's in it. I think... Isabella Rossellini's in it. It's it's some yeah. it's some weird movie. I think they had like so many people rewrite the script. I think they brought in Robert Town at one point to rewrite it. <laughs> Poor old Robert Town. And there's a bit in the movie where I've seen that one clip and that kind of just sums up the rest of the movie, but that just bit there's a bit where Ryan O'Neill is reading some letter that reveals something, and then after reading it, you have Isabella Rossellini's like voiceover in the background, and then he's just after reading it, and he's on a beach, and then the camera goes in on him, and then he just like looks up and he's like, "Oh man, oh god, oh man, oh man, oh god, oh man, oh man, oh man." It's fucking funny. <laughs> it sounds terrible. Uh, yeah, um, you know he in in uh, a bridge too far. He plays the same character. Oh, yeah, the same person. I completely forgot he was the same real-life person, Colonel Benjamin Vandervoort, mm. who John Wayne played in The Longest Day. Um, and, yeah, he, uh, the Duke he is not. So, so anyway, that, we spent far too long. Oh, Bru- Bruce right. Cabot's birthday is today. Bruce Cabot. He was Obviously, he, he starred in, in, in King Kong. King he? Kong. And then he went on to become the heavy in a series of terrible westerns, including our own favourite, Careful... Ch- Chisholm. 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 He's one of the bad guys in Chisholm. He ends up covered he's in Chisholm. In lot, but he's in a lot of... Uh, actually, his last movie he was in before he died in 1972 was Diamonds Are Forever. He died in 1972? Yeah. He what was, year did Chisholm come out then? Uh, 70. Oh, right. Yeah, because he's, he's in Diamonds Are Forever. What a terrible bond. Bert Saxby? <laughs> After he's been shot, yeah, tell him he's fired. Yeah, yeah. yeah so he was in. He's in quite a few. He was in the Undefeated, Hellfighters. He was in the Green Berets, the War Wagon. All of them, John Wayne films. In Harm's Way. You start to think something's going on. Here. McClintock. Do you think? Do you think he was just such a? Because he's not a great actor, is he? He was a great. He had great screen presence. I guess. Did he? He's kind of short. 
Yeah, but he's not very he had handsome. a good face. Well, yeah, that's true. He was a good heavy. But yeah. it, it's a bit weird that it, it does seem that John Wayne just gave him work for the last 20 years of his life. Probably, yeah. And then, then he got a Bond film and then died. Yeah. Um, okay, who else is it? This, uh, this has been a pretty vintage uh, birthday uh, set. I think uh, Hitler had his birthday today as well. Hitler. Well yeah, done, mate. Yeah, well done, yeah, you yeah, fucking yeah, yeah. bastard. Uh, yeah. Uh, Gregory Itson, who played uh, the... That must mean that... Because, what, we now we're at the end of April. Um, Hitler's last birthday must have been so awkward. Well, actually... Proper, proper bunker, bunker birthday. Like, it's all gone to shit. Um, yeah. Well, actually, it's 1945, so in about 10 days is the is going to be the... 70th anniversary of his suicide. Well, no, the end of the world. And the end of the I don't the think it's, it's, not, it's not called, it's not called, it's called VE Day, not, you know, Hitler suicide day. Look between the lines, I guess. Uh, James Gammon, who was a bit of a, bit of a really uh, great character actor. He was in a lot of uh, things like Cold Mountain. No, I'm just hungry. Yeah, Gammon. Um, in the electric mist with... If you ever, I'll tell you what, if you ever buy Gammon, here's a tip for the listeners, boil it in Dr. Pepper. Very nice. That sounds horrible. No, no, no. It's lovely. Boil it in Dr. Pepper, or, or, or sort of braise it in Dr. Pepper, put it in the oven, <laughs> shove it full of cloves, cover it in mustard and honey, roast it in the oven. It's delicious. See? Right. Tip of the week. Yeah. There you go. And also born today is uh, one of my favourite actresses, Jessica Lange. I like Jessica Lange. She's, yeah. She's she's good. She's fantastic. She always, she's very, very careful about the film she picks. She's a, mm. uh, she's a class act. Yeah, you say that now, but then she's also an American Horror Story. And... <laughs> what? I've not seen it. Uh, it's, I don't know. I don't see why people enjoy that show or give it such high praise because it's just... Oh, is it, is it, is it a TV show? It's see, a TV I don't, show. This is great. You bring on someone onto your podcast who knows literally nothing about TV or film. It's basically... It's American... It's basically every season. It's like, I think, 12 to 13 episodes and it tackle. It's... It's... One season is just... Of one story, and then the next season is a different story with different characters played by some of the same actors from the previous seasons. And a lot of them, I think, like actresses like um, you know Jessica Lange's played like on played four different characters in four of the seasons, and like the first season it's is like a, ha- a touring theater troupe. Basically, like the first season is a haunted house. Who gives a fuck? I'm just saying about fucking what even? I I have stopped caring about. <laughs> 300 sentences ago. All right, all right, all right, okay. On that note, should we call it a day? Should we probably call it a day? All right. Wonderful. Well, that's good. Apologies to all the AHS fans. AHS? That's what they call it on Twitter. When they Adolf do. Hitler suicide? No, American Horror Story. Oh, right, okay. <laughs> Who the fuck cares about Hitler? <laughs> <laughs> Fucking plenty of people by the sound of things uh, um, if, you know look at look at what's happening in uh, in, in Eastern Europe they're, let's they're not massive. depress oh no that's true no, no, this is no, not, not, politi- not political could you slightly. take us on a high note before we leave the high note um, oh god uh, put some pressure on me there I'll tell you what high note was um, our uh, uh, our sister a lovely sister visiting from Boston and uh, in Mas- uh, Boston Massachusetts in case you need explaining um and uh, has brought her soon. Well, what is he? A year and a half? Nearly two year old. Nearly two. Son with him. So our little nephew is here, and uh, he was having an absolute nightmare earlier. Just wouldn't go to sleep. Clearly, completely knackered. I mean, got parenting. Go the nightmare. fuck to sleep. Yeah. But I, for the first time in my life, and what must you know, <laughs> probably won't be the last. I got to read. Good night. Room. Mm. And all I was thinking as I was reading that was that wonderful Simpsons episode where Good Christopher night, Walken. Moon. Yeah. Good night, Moon. Good night, 
room. Come closer, children. You know, the night cow jumping over the moon. Yeah, and uh, but, he, but you know what? Mission accomplished. He got to he bed. got to sleep, and he's going to be adorable and well rested. There's a yeah. high note, children. And uh, and it, what's even better is we have cats and dogs as well, which means we have we're an internet hit already. Yes, so we just need to go film the cats. They'll do something funny. Yeah. Let's get a trampoline! Because every fucking person on YouTube loves a video with cats. It's brilliant. Have you ever done this thing where, you know when you put pictures and stuff up on Facebook or Instagram? Yeah. Like maybe you get like one or two likes. Mm-hmm. Because no one gives a shit. Like, today I went to the pool. Here's a selfie of me. And everyone's like, fuck you, I'm at work. I, uh, over Christmas, I put up a picture of me and a, and a dog sitting on my lap, a small dog. It, a fucking avalanche of likes. <laughs> <laughs> so all you have to do is be like, here's a... An yeah. animal. Put a put a put a baby or an animal in the phone. Yeah, absolutely. Just just total clickbait. Yeah. Anyway, speaking of something that isn't clickbait, yeah. this podcast, which I think we can safely yeah. call over. So um, to the one listener who is left. <laughs> to the one listener who is left. Uh, thank you very much for listening. Uh, this has been Holmes Movies uh, podcast. Um, I have been Anders Holmes, and uh, this has been uh, my older brother Adam. Uh, if you're interested in seeing a little bit 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 more of me. Uh, sort of along the lines of uh, films and stuff, I am on Vimeo, so you can see a few of my short films, including my graduation film, Final Shot. Uh, the, if you would like to check it out, it is password protected, and it's, and it's Greenwich Park to uh, 2013. Uh, Greenwich, G, capital G-R-E-N-H-W-I-C-H, uh, capital P-A-R-K, 2013, no spaces. And if you would like to find me on Twitter, you can find me at Fabricius. Uh, the way you can spell that is F-A-B-R-I-C-I-U-S 91. And if you want to find me, I also blog in, online on my WordPress blog, so you can, that's at Anders Fabricius Holmes uh, word, at wordpress.com, where I blog about films and TV and a few little weird stories that happened to me, and one including uh, a fishbone, so that's quite hilarious. And if you want to know more about me, piss off you can't. <laughs> well, you're on Twitter, aren't you? Yeah, well, I never fucking tweet anything. Don't don't get in contact with me. I won't like it. All right, fair enough. Yeah, he doesn't like to be contacted. No, but anyway, uh, thank you, Heron. Thank you for listening. Uh, thank you, Adam, for joining me. Yeah. Uh, thank you very much, and uh, have a good day. I said I just dropped in to see what condition my condition was in. Yeah. Yeah.